In this episode, I'm going to expose perfectionism for what it really is. Hang with me if you've ever let the idea of perfectionism sabotage your results or you've gotten stuck because you think you need to be perfect. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I hope you're having a great week. And um, this is actually the one of the episodes towards the end of the year 2020. So if you're listening to it towards its release date, I hope you've had a wonderful holiday season and you're looking forward to the new year. As I mentioned in the intro, today I want to talk about perfectionism and break down what perfectionism really is and why it sabotages your results. So when you really look at it, perfectionism or the idea of perfectionism is really just some type of fear in disguise. You're disguising that fear as perfectionism. And it's a lie that says that if you don't meet a certain standard, if you don't meet certain criteria, then there's potential for rejection or being abandoned or being deemed not good enough. And so if you don't hit that standard, like I said, you won't be good enough or there's something at stake that you could lose. So our mind says, make sure that it's perfect. Don't pursue this if you don't have it perfect because your mind is always trying to protect you. Your mind is always trying to survive. And it's tribal instinct thinking as like a tribe. If you get rejected from the tribe or if your tribe abandons you, then it's going to have a harder time to survive. So if you can break down the idea that perfectionism is just fear, that's something that you can handle. You can handle fear. But when you hold the idea that you need to be perfect, like that idea of perfectionism will never serve you because you'll never truly be perfect. And when you hold the thought that being perfect is going to create some type of result and you realize, okay, if I really am perfect, would that get the result that I want? You come to find that, no, it probably wouldn't produce the result that I wanted. When I was in college, I played college basketball, if you don't know, and I was visiting my family and my cousin was there. He's my older cousin was there and I was playing a game of horse with my brother and my cousin. And since I was playing college basketball at the time, I, I had this idea that I had to win because if I lost a game of horse against my brother or my cousin who both played basketball in the past, it's not like they were had never touched the basketball. I had this idea that if I lost, then that would invalidate who I was as a basketball player or that I wouldn't be in their eyes. I wouldn't be you know, seen as someone who was a, a good basketball player. And so we played the game and I just you know, had the idea that I have to win or at least make it to the final two. And I just kept missing shots and missing shots and missing shots. And I got these letters and um, of course they made some jokes that like, you're the one that plays basketball that you should win and, um, and all these things. And I was so embarrassed and I had this idea that I'm just not good enough or they're going to, like I said earlier, like they're going to think that I'm not as good of a basketball player as that's just not true. There can be this idea that people have when it comes to being perfect or, or living in this state of perfectionism that they can label it as high standards. 
So for example, when I was at Fidelity Investments, I managed a team of about 25, 30 people. And I had one associate on my team who'd been in the role for maybe 15 years. And he was a younger younger guy relatively to have that much experience. And anytime I talked to him about career development, he just talked about, well, I want to make sure that the next role that I move into is the right role. I want to make sure that I'm happy with it. And so when we talked about like where he wanted to go with his career and you know finding the perfect job, I had to explain to him that you know sometimes you need to get experience or get more exposure in different things to then lead you down the path. I was actually the first one out to be in that perfect position. Like, is it really to your perfect job? I am or just all these different thoughts. And so this pressure that I put on myself was this idea of perfectionism, saying that basically the the thought that if I ever play a game of basketball or play a game of horse with someone who doesn't have as much basketball experience as I do, then I can't lose or that invalidates anything I ever accomplished playing basketball. And so as I was thinking about this, this idea that he held of like making sure that the next role that he moved into was the perfect role. He was having such high standards for that job that it actually was lower standards because since he was lowering the standard of what that next, I realized that for him having such high standards for the next job, that's what he had in his mind was that I have such high standards for this next job. I'm, I'm only going to say yes to this perfect job. He actually lowered the standard of his overall and so he had this idea that, okay, I'm having such high standards, this idea of perfectionism are high standards, then he could move into a new role that would be productive. And like I said, do all those things for him as far as create exposure, create experiences, create a new skill set that would then complement and help him move into the perfect job that he wants, maybe two or three steps down the road. But we had to work through this, this idea that perfectionism is this then he's going to wish he never moved. And so he was he was using perfectionism or this idea of perfectionism and high standards on the next job that he went into to cover up for this fear that maybe I won't like it. And I know that I like this job, so I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. I'm going to stay here until I can guarantee that the next job that I move into, I'm really going to like. I can move into something new and either like the job or maybe there are things that I don't like about it, but still enjoy what I'm doing because I have a a picture of where I'm going and how this is going to get me there. So once he believed and kind of like took the blinders off of this perfectionism of being in the perfect job on the next step, it allowed him to actually grow his career and actually move into a place where he could achieve that result. We're holding that idea of perfectionism was never going to be the vehicle to get him to where he wanted to go and land that perfect job. There's this thought that if I am perfect, I'll like prove those insecurities that I have about myself that's wrong because the actions that I took showed the contrary. And what's interesting is that it actually creates this like self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will, of, you know, because whatever environment we produce inside of ourselves, we cultivate that environment outside of ourselves. And what I mean by that is one of the first times I ever interviewed for a leadership program when I worked at Fidelity. It was the program was called Flow. It stands for Future Leaders of Westlake, and Westlake is where our office was. And I wanted to be part of this leadership program so bad, and I hadn't developed the skill or the ability to really tell my story. See, I didn't, 
I didn't have the conviction about myself where I always wanted someone else to tell my story for them or someone else to tell me or tell others how great I was, but I never was comfortable, you know, tooting my own horn in a sense. And I interviewed for this leadership program. And I remember being in the interview feeling like, well, I don't have the perfect resume. I don't have this experience that they're looking for. I do feel like I could, I could do be a contributor in this program. And I do feel like in the long term, I can be a great leader for this company. And I remember saying something in the interview along the lines of like, if I, something that spoke to the effect that maybe I don't have all these skins on the wall, like these other leaders, but I can kind of hold my ground. And the people interviewing me, like questioned me on that, like, well, what do you mean? Tell me more about this. And the impression that they got is that if I'm around people who have more results than I do, that I'm going to kind of shy away and not be authoritative and kind of bring a perspective to the table. I'm always going to like defer myself to people that I think are have better results than me or achieve, have achieved more than I have. And when I sat back and looked at that belief, it's like, that was true. I was holding this thought and holding these beliefs that, you know, if I don't have this type of resume, then someone else has more achievements than me. Someone else has more validation that they're of more value to the company. And so that idea that I cultivated inside of myself is that I wasn't good enough by just even believing or speaking that just because I don't have quote unquote, the skins on the wall, doesn't mean I can't be a great leader. No, I had done things. I did have things to like that I could speak to, but I wanted someone else to share that story, to speak that for me. And I wasn't confident. I didn't have the ability to share that perspective to others without feeling like I was like I was being arrogant. And so the next year, I made a point to develop the skill set of being able to speak confidently about what I had done. And it wasn't arrogance. This was just facts. This is what I had done. And I worked on producing an environment and belief in what I had done and the value that I can contribute to the company. I cultivated that inside of me and it came out where the next year I interviewed and I had one of the strongest interviews of that leadership group because I did this leadership team every year. And I had the exact opposite result where I was one of the like, top interviewees and people that they brought into the program and that they were excited about because I had cultivated this idea that whatever's inside of me, whatever environment I produce inside of me, that's what I'm going to cultivate around me as well. I'm going to produce an environment around me that aligns with those beliefs that I'm cultivating inside of me. And so this idea of perfectionism is really just a fear of, oh, if I, if I don't have all the skins on the wall, if I don't have all the achievements, then Um, it's going to validate these insecurities that I have about myself, which everybody has insecurities. And so when you focus on your insecurities and you produce an environment around you, it once again kind of self-fulfills and people see those insecurities because they come out. Where a year later, I wasn't perfect, but when I spoke confidently about what I could do and how I could contribute, which were facts, I wasn't inflating anything. I was just bringing those things to their attention, I produced an environment around me that was confident and showed that I would be a confident leader and could bring value to the table. And so the idea of perfectionism, once again, that if if we're perfect, it will like prove all the insecurities that we have wrong. So I'll always produce the environment around me that I'm cultivating inside of me. So if I have this idea that I need to be perfect 
And if I have these insecurities about myself that, well, I'm not perfect because of X, Y, Z isn't true because those insecurities will still be there, but it's what you focus on. If you're focusing on your insecurities and that's, what's going to come out and you're going to produce this environment that's insecure and unconfident. But if you can shift your focus and focus on what you've done, what you do well, your skills, your strengths, your talents, and you can show that this is how they're adding value. It's going to produce an environment around you that is of your strengths and of value and is confident that people will respond to. And so this idea of perfectionism, prove your insecurities as wrong is just the wrong focus. It's the wrong idea for you to know that, okay, those insecurities may be there, but no, I do have a lot of value. They not, they don't define who I am. And that if I can shift my focus and cultivate an environment inside of me that's built around my strengths, that's built around my skill sets, then I can produce that environment on the outside of me as well that's going to add value to others. And so once again, it's this fear that people are going to see those insecurities and that they're going to prove those to be true or that that's going to become your new identity. And that's just not the case. The Another fear is that if you're not perfect, people will reject you or abandon you. I talked about this one earlier, or that you could disappoint others. Now, one place that I learned that this idea, this fear of rejection or abandonment, if I'm not perfect, came forth when I was a senior in high school. And I was a well-known basketball player in high school and even just in our um, area. And my coach hosted a tournament of about four or six teams. I can't remember how many it was, but a few teams came to our gym and we held this tournament. And my coach wanted to have a slam dunk contest because he wanted me to participate. And it was really fun for him and kind of in a way, like show me off to others around him or just let it be a sense of pride for him and our school. And I'd thought about whether or not I would do it. And, you know, I didn't have a definitive, definitive answer. And at the time, my, my legs were really sore, you know, for a couple of weeks, my quads just were felt like they were almost like a deep bruise. Like it was just, it was very painful, you know, after games and when they were warm it wasn't really a big deal but i just i just held this idea that if my legs were sore then i'm not going to have the best performance and if i don't have the best performance then i'm going to embarrass um or disappoint my coach or embarrass and disappoint our fans and so this idea that my my coach was creating a platform for me to you know show off my skills and abilities and you know bring this sense of pride to my school, I ended up choosing not to participate and kind of hid behind my hurt, hurt legs as my reason for not participating. But when I really looked at that, um, it's like, could I have truly performed? Could I have gone out and done certain dunks? Yeah, absolutely. I could have, I was playing in the games like normal. Um, I would have just needed to warm up my legs properly, but I, I hid behind this idea that my legs were hurt and that I wasn't, you know, couldn't do my best in a sense. And so this idea, this fear that, oh, if I disappoint others, then they'll reject me or, you know, potentially abandon me. I ended up creating disappointment as it was. By not participating, I ended up disappointing, you know, myself. I look back on it, wish I would have participated. I'm, I'm sure I disappointed my coach. He never, you know, specifically said he was disappointed in me, but, you know, you could tell. And even disappointed, you know, my school or even my friends that wanted to see me in that dunk contest and, you know, like I said, have it be a sense of pride, end up creating disappointment. So this 
this idea that if if I don't participate or if I participate and I'm not 100%, I could disappoint people. You know, if they're excited to see me participate in this dunk contest, I could disappoint them by not winning. I could disappoint them by, you know, potentially missing a dunk or not being as good as they they thought I was. And in reality, choosing not to participate actually created disappointment. And so this fear of not disappointing people actually came forth where I really disappointed people because I didn't participate. Now, could they could they understand based on the reason I gave them? Sure. But, you know, they could definitely be disappointed as well. And so, like I said, perfectionism is really just an idea of being perfect. You know, we we have these excuses in our mind and it's it's a based off of a fear. So in review, perfectionism is, is really a fear of something, a fear of abandonment, a fear of um, rejection, a fear of disappointment. And subconsciously, we know we're not going to be perfect. So that's that's another hard thing about it. It's really not about being perfect, but it's the idea of being perfect. We play it in our minds, the perfect scenario, you know, and fear creeps in when we're unsure if that that dream scenario could become a reality. So in the example of when I was managing at Fidelity and the person on my team had the idea of a perfect job, there was this fear of, well, if I don't get that perfect job, then it may never really happen. So he like stopped pursuing it or the idea of what a perfect leader looks like or the perfect spouse or the perfect fill in the blank. We get this idea of what that perfection looks like And then when we're unsure how it's going to come about or if it's never really going to come about, then we don't want to chase it because the idea of something being perfect is easier to hold than actually having pursued it and having it not come to fruition. So as a coach, I would ask my client, well, is that 100% true? If you don't pursue this idea of perfection, if you don't pursue this dream and you fail the first attempt, is it 100% true that that won't come to pass? Could it be possible that in order to, to reach that level of perfection or to reach that perfect idea that it's going to take failure along the way? Because no, it's not 100% true that if you fail at pursuing your dream idea that you'll never attain it. You may fail multiple times in that, but just pursuing it one time and saying, oh, I failed, it's not going to come to pass. That's a very disempowering thought that causes you not to take action because there's this fear behind, well, if I pursue something and I fail, then I can no longer have that idea of what, you know, this great goal looks like. And so it becomes easier to hold the idea of perfectionism, this perfect idea in our mind and never take action to go achieve your goals, which is why it creates this self-sabotage, this fear of not achieving it, this idea of perfection perfect, this idea of perfection is placed so highly that there's this fear in our mind that, oh, if I don't get it, then it invalidates who I am as a person. Oh, if I don't hit that goal, that invalidates that idea. Or, oh, if I don't hit that goal and hit this, be this perfect spouse, be this perfect parent, then my kids are going to reject me. And so instead of pursuing that higher calling, pursuing that higher goal, we let that thought tell us, oh, it's, it's not really possible. Or we subconsciously hold the thought is, well, if I never actually pursue it, I can still kind of keep it in my mind as a goal and something that I'm pursuing. Because if I fail, then I can no longer hold that, hold that idea or hold that dream, which is also wrong because 
like I said, it may take failure along the way to actually bring that goal into focus or create the skill sets around that goal to become the person who can actually achieve that goal. It may take failure a couple of times. That's why so many entrepreneurs fail at double digit businesses, you know, multiple times over before maybe an idea sticks where they've learned all the ways not to do something in order to do something. Those who have set aside the fear that comes with the idea of perfectionism, they are bad at something long enough so that they can become good at something. And so I think that's the idea that you want to hold is that can I be bad at this long enough in order to become good? Whatever your dream is. If it's a dream job, can I, can I move into a new role that's going to connect the dots or move into the, you know, be on my career progression? Can I move into a new role or develop a new skill and be bad at that long enough in order for me to be good so that I can reach the goal that I'm trying to reach? And that's what's powerful about working with a coach is having someone help you see, okay, what thoughts, what's the true thought that's sabotaging here? Because if you say, oh, I just have high standards. Well, is it the fear that you can't reach that idea of perfectionism? Is it that you're calling high standards is actually lowering your standards in life? Or if you have a bunch of insecurities. So in working with a coach, they help you see the thoughts that are actually sabotaging your results. And you can hold a new thought. Then something like, oh, I need to be perfect in order to get my next job. I need to be perfect in order to be accepted. I need to be perfect to prove that these insecurities that I have myself are untrue. Instead of holding that thought that's very disempowering, you can hold a thought like, I can be bad enough, long enough so I can get good. And so that encourages you to take action and be okay with being bad at first, being okay with failure so that you can gain skills, so you can gain experience, so you can gain exposure and hone those in to actually make you one step closer to that desired state, to that desired dream, to the idea that you have in your mind that feels perfect. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, or leave a review. The ratings and review helps make the show better as well as get more exposure to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you, so go rule that assignment, serve Hey everyone, it's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from one to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.